Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, good afternoon. The Nepalese Meditation Bowl is chiming, inviting us to pause and ponder. And that means it is time for The Art of the CEO, the show for people who enjoy the challenge of business and who want to do it a little better. How do you do? I'm your host, Bart Jackson, the Hieronymus Bosch of business. And whether you are a clever marketer for a firm trying to make a bunch of less than flamboyant CPAs look stellar, like Sally, or whether you're like Peter, a restaurateur who is bottling his specially seasoned olive oil to boost his profits, we are here to bring you the sage counsel of business masters and help your career and business. Today's episode is entitled, The Profitably Presenting Spokes CEO. Yes, today we're going to prove that you cannot text your way to the top. We're going to give you the tools for building a greater respect for you and for your ideas. You want to be listened to? Listen to this. And helping me guide all of you out there on the path to respect and appreciation, we are very fortunate to have that presentation coach to whom so many executives owe their careers, the very fun, lovely, and very expert presentation coach, Miss Eileen Sinet. Eileen is the founding CEO of both Speaking That Connects and Eileen and Sinet Communications. Uh, she's been the Director of Communication Services at the University of Medicine and Dentistry of New Jersey. She's the author of an absolutely must-read book, Speaking That Connects. Uh, and in addition to all her private and her corporate coaching, Eileen runs just an incessant number of workshops. She's got a business betterment workshops. She's the president of the Plainsboro Chamber of Commerce. The list of this energetic woman's seminars is too humorous and numerous to list in a single sitting without a good Cabernet. So Eileen <laughs> is the person that you want to turn to uh, if you want to speak so that others will hear you and take it to heart. But before we solve all your presentation challenges, let me take a few moments to supply you out there with a few utensils for our feast today. First, as I always do, allow me to remind each of you individuals hearing my voice that the good Lord has gifted you with the title and the privileges of Chief Executive Officer of yourself. That is the most important corporate body in your life. Will this be the day that you begin training your mind and taking note of all the world around you? Or will you just plug in those earbuds and zone on out of Eden? The choice is truly yours. Second, it is time to dip into a little laughter and take a scriptural recitation from the 101 Best Business Quips. So let me get the book. Okay. Oh, here we are. This is, this is number 47, uh, particularly appropriate for today. This interchange took place between two members of the audience listening to the head of their company address them. Is the CEO finished yet? Oh, Lord, he was finished an hour ago. He just won't stop. <laughs> As an afterthought, I invite you to consider, first and foremost, the real reason of why you are opening your mouth to speak to business colleagues. Better than the goal of just giving folks your ideas, shouldn't the goal be to have the audience understand your thoughts and act upon them? So perhaps wouldn't it be best to think about what your audience needs to hear and how they need to hear it? Just a thought. The third utensil, uh, aptly uh, titled today, The Splutter Spoon, we were, are going to give you the answers to last week's business quotation. Uh, 
Today, before we leave the air, we'll broadcast another quotation, and we invite you to email the name of the author as you believe him or her to be. Just simply write info at bartsbooks.com, I-N-F-O at B-A-R-T-S-B-O-O-K-S.com. And if you're right, we will announce your name on the air. The author of last week's quote, uh, that is the individual who said, if opportunity doesn't knock, build a door, We were, was spoken by uh, the very funny and very successful comedian and showbiz entrepreneur, Mr. Milton Berle. So now let us dig into the feast and call upon the expertise of Miss Eileen Sinet. I want all of you to know out there, by the way, that I have received coaching from Eileen uh, but don't let that deter you, friends. Uh, I was her worst sows here. And each of you can surely end up presenting yourself better than I. I. I bring this up because I was fascinated how Eileen coached me when I was giving a series of talks in India. She's a multicultural expert, and we'll discuss that later. So let's get on to Eileen immediately. Eileen, how are you doing on this glorious spring day? It's a glorious spring day, and I love the flowers and the birds, and so I'm in a great mood. Thanks, Bart. Oh, wonderful. Glad to hear it. Eileen, um, I want to get uh, this correct right at the outset. You are a trained presentation coach. What's the difference between a, pr- a presentation coach and a speech coach? Semantics. <laughs> really, uh, Bart, <laughs> presentation right. is one kind of speech. I actually have hyphenated my title as a speech hyphen presentation coach to cover all grounds because sometimes someone's looking for a speech coach and sometimes they're looking for a presentation coach because someone labeled themselves that way. Really, um, presentation relates often to more business formal type of speaking. Oh, I see. with PowerPoint, etc. However, ah, yeah. uh, I really don't think there's huge difference. I, uh, I see. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you tell me how I. You also will tell me, in addition, that I, I I shouldn't be wringing my hands or pounding them on the table so loudly that people can't hear me. Stuff like that, right? In the presentation <laughs> aspect. Well, I think that could work for either one. So if I'm working with someone <laughs> who's a um, inspirational speaker and there's no PowerPoint slides, you might say I'm the speech coach for the CEO. If I'm working for a senior director who's got a, a you know a marketing deck that they're right, presenting right. internally to stakeholders, you might be calling me a presentation coach. I don't think there's a lot of difference. Oh, Just okay. when did you label yourself what you are? I see. Okay, that's good to know because I hear I hear both terms tossed about. Now, now I'm glad I, I finally got that straight. Um, I have always personally in, uh, insisted that one of the best investments any CEO uh, can make is to take a few sessions with a good presentation coach. Could you tell your audience, uh, right? Tell, tell everyone here why I am so right about that. Most people are really committed to their message and pretty unconscious about their delivery. And the two of those have to work well together to make that message, you know, stick. So I think presentation coaches listen to the message and help in the body language and the vocal style in the demonstration of leadership so that content gets through. 
I see. Give me, give us one good example of somebody. Don't uh, mention his name, but someone who who just had some habit that he was totally unaware of that he that you had to to find one that one that was really interesting. Okay, uh, someone would give a speech and um, play with their glasses. So it was a nervous habit, and they just kept on moving their glasses. Actually, a third finger to the bridge of the nose. So, oh my, oh <laughs> culturally my. in this country, that's not an acceptable gesture, and it was totally unconscious. <laughs> I, I see it on the roadway when I don't move fast enough. I, I see that. <laughs> I hear it. Anyway. You. Okay, so but you know, I guess people don't pick up on that, do they? I mean, of course, I don't really think about it. But if I'm going to talk to people that really count in my life, I jolly well had better. And yeah, well, now what about if I am one of these folks who who trembles mightily at the at the prospect of of just making even a three minute presentation before the, the board or whomever? Uh, can you give me just just uh, one or two solid techniques to sort of put myself at ease that, that don't involve envisioning people in underwear. Yeah, I don't think that's a great idea. That would make me more nervous, <laughs> to tell you the truth, depending upon who was in the audience, right? Yeah, so, I, I would think it might make me. That's, that's not really what I want I to be. I think you would kind of focus on the things you don't want to be focusing on. So right, I think yeah. one of the key points is to allow yourself a couple seconds to observe the audience. Don't start, like, out of the gate. So there's a common ground of connection and engagement that's nonverbal. Just a couple seconds of grounding to connect with that audience nonverbally. Oh, that would be, and they are really waiting for you, aren't they? I mean, they will wait for you. They're, they're interested at this point, right? You know, when the when you're in the theater or in a concert hall, the yeah. audience is seated, but the conductor is the one who drives the music, and the curtains not going to open until it's going to open, and the musicians are not going to play until the cue is there, and so the audience will wait, mm-hmm. and as they should. Yeah. Yeah, no. So I, I think that's I think that's such a good point that you brought up. That is, that is as a matter of fact, let's call that up. That's today's quill pen moment, ladies and gentlemen. Take your pen, dip it in the ink. Well, write that down. That when you come up to give a presentation or talk, the people are interested in you. Wait, connect with them. You don't have to get, grab their attention. You've got it. So okay, good. Um, now, there is one really major problem that I, I see more and more, and that is today, you know, let's be honest, we we live in a very global business world. We work beside people from many different cultures and different languages. And if I am, say I'm a CEO or a leader working in a foreign culture, um, how do I need to totally lose my accent? How much of it do I need to change? And uh, and by the way, can you do that for me? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so but I want to. <laughs> the, the the quick answer is, you don't want to lose your identity. An accent mm. is part of your 
culture, your personality. It's more than just right. sound. So the, the, the main overarching concern is if you're not understood because of your accent, you want to do something about it. That doesn't mean homogenizing and losing it, but it might mean pausing differently. It might mean speaking louder because sometimes people speak too softly and the audience assumes its accent when it, because there is an accent, but the real issue is volume. So you're not going to lose the accent. You might minimize in, in a presentation where you're speaking about a significant subject you might make sure those 20 key words that relate to that subject are easily understood. So oh, that's a good idea. It's I like not that. all you, or nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I hadn't thought about that. That's, uh, well, are there ways then that I could uh, use my accent to an advantage? I know that Sotheby's, for instance, only hires people that believe it's the Yorkshire accent because they think it sounds a little more snobby and they literally claim they get a better price for for the objects if they have the right accent doing the auctioneering. But for are, are there ways that I, as someone speaking in a foreign culture, I, that I can, can use that style to my advantage in some way? I, I don't think... I think the way you're framing that as far as using it to your event, I don't want my clients to use their accent. I want them to connect with their audience and deliver their message as powerfully as they can. So if their accent, yeah, if they're, it's just, you know, perspective. If their accent is different from the audience and it's clear that there might be some disconnect, I think... Starting the presentation or quite early in the presentation, acknowledging that if you don't understand what I have to say, please, you know, let me know. Uh, If I need to slow down, if you need more time to digest, it's really a relationship situation. It's not. So I can actually say that. I, I can actually say that to the office, you know, just just. Stick up your hand if you find I'm speaking too quickly or something, right? Or if there's a word you didn't understand, I'd rather you stop me so I can make sure you understood my point than for you to try to sit there trying to figure out what was that word he said. (laughs) Because by that time, you've lost where I've gone to. And frankly, Scarlett, yeah, yeah, (laughs) that's that's true. Uh, So, yeah... you're coming back to the idea that you really, the goal is to make yourself understood. The goal is not to speak. And uh, Communication, right, is the big picture. Are you getting right. your message across in the way that you want to, and are they absorbing it likewise, versus how articulate am I? How perfect is my message? Listeners aren't <laughs> mostly listening for perfection. They're yeah, listening yeah, for yeah. information. And they like to be but, entertained. And you don't have to be an entertainer to be entertaining. But you do have to get out of your way sometimes. And you do have to take some minor little risks to be more of who you are than give me an the limitation of, of who you are by your title. Uh, give me an example of, 
of how I can uh, sort of step out of uh, Joe Jones, CEO, into into Joe. Or well, if Joe is a um, a music enthusiast or a gardener or has put up solar panels in his house, he's <laughs> obviously and he's a CEO of a uh, accounting firm. Those two things may never um, be spoken of in the same moment, but they could. There could be uh, associations. There could be metaphors. There could be references that humanize the person, show them in more breadth than their only one role in the company. Yes, of course, of course. That that you want to get the feeling. I want to learn and to take to heart the words of a person, not a title. So you're absolutely right. That that's a great way to bring things in, ladies and gentlemen. We uh, have come to the midpoint of our feast, and so if uh, we'll be back with Eileen shortly, but it. For now, could we take a brief survey, and it's time to, for me to introduce to you the company by whose good graces we're here today. And that firm is Prometheus Publishing, the creator of Bart's book's Ultimate Business Guides, to which I may say, uh, Ms. Eileen Sinet has contributed to several and been a great help to all our readers. And you may visit uh, www.bartsbooks.com. That's B-A-R-T-S b-o-o-k-s dot com and explore a wide wealth of business tools and please remember that Prometheus Publishing will be uh, at the the Book Expo on May 28th to 31st at the Javits Center in Manhattan we are premier sponsors for that and they invite you to booth 2968 where we have a special tangible gift of laughter and a pearl of wisdom for each person who comes by and we'd really like to talk with you so uh, one more thought if you like today's business quip uh, that we gave earlier in the show if you'd like that you can get those quips delivered to you by email right to your door each week Uh, just visit bartsbooks.com and subscribe for free so uh, that's that's the company, and we hope you'll take advantage of all they have to offer. Ladies and gentlemen, and some of those rather bizarre folks in the back room who fall into another category, we are back to discover better ways to present yourself with Miss Eileen Sinet. And I wanted to, Eileen, ask you a little bit about some of the training you've had and uh, to, to do exactly what you do. And... Where did you tell us a little bit about the training you had? Okay, I am maybe um, a little more diversified than some other speech coaches coming from a clinical background in the sciences of speech communications, but also having a minor in the speech arts. So voice and articulation and oral interpretation and debate were side by side with developmental speech and hearing disorders and post-stroke rehabilitation and stuttering and things like that. However, when I went into business and transferred from those areas uh, to speech and presentation coaching, I was fortunate to be a subcontractor to an outplacement firm for senior executives 
and I was role-playing the interview presentation. And after that, I was a subcontractor to a training and development company where I was um, trained in presentation training and then um, modified some of those ideas. And I've always been into the theatrical entertainment industry by interest. So uh, a lot of, as you've uh, and I've discussed in the past, there are speech and presentation coaches who come from the world of theater, and there are others that come from speech arts and others from uh, public yeah, speaking. I, you know, I'm going to ask you about that. I know they come from a lot of places, and, and uh, I'm trying to help our audience select a, a good coach. It just seems to me that, that every thespian who's ever trod the boards wants to call himself a professional presentation coach. Uh, and you, on the other hand, you've come from this scientifically trained as well as business background, so you've got both therapy and business. But anyway, it seems to me that the coaching from an actor is going to guide our CEO into playing a role, whereas the speech therapist will do more to cultivate the CEO's uh, True, true side that naturally lies within. Is that so or not? I think it's um, a little bit too black and white for me. I, okay. I think there are strong uh, speech coaches that come from the world of theater and the arts, and there are strong speech coaches that might come from a scientific or training and development background or a psychology background. It really is the industry as well as the personalities of the coach and the coachee that make for the right fit. So I I wouldn't say one's better than the other. There are plenty Mm -hmm. of speech pathologists that do this that, uh, you know, are okay and others that are good and others that are not, as well as how I would look at some of the – the acting coaches that have gone into this field. So the key to wisdom is never consider the source, get the right person with the right wisdom and the right chemical fit. So I walk into Eileen's office, and what am I going to what, what uh, tell our audience what to expect in a session? I, I, say, I say I want to improve my presentation and so forth. Uh, what's going to happen? My first approach is to listen. I want to know what it is that the client wants, what they think doesn't work, how they know it doesn't work, if it's so. Did they crash and burn at a conference? <laughs> Are there, is their team there. telling them that they're you know, ineffective? So I really need to hear from the client. It's a, a kind of intake. It's a history. And it's a listening uh, situation for me. And then I'll probe with some questions. A secondary step would be to ask the person to either give me a five-minute sample of what they're going to be doing, if they're prepared for that and it's already been developed, or put them on the spot and ask them to uh, give me their two minutes on themselves. Oh, okay. Well, I remember now, you you also, uh, you video this and go back over it with, with the person, don't you? Yes, so after the intake and 
mini the mini demo or the preparation for a new presentation could be videotaped. It really depends in that first session how uh, pulled together that tape is because or excuse me that speech is. If it's still in its formative, um, you know, if it's still beginning to be developed, you're going to videotape something that's not going to look very good. So I'd rather videotape right. once something's developed and then refine it. Oh, I see, yeah. But you would also help me do some some uh, juggle the words around and, and say, you know, and so forth, right? I mean, on that. Yeah, if I had sometimes, a specific presentation, you know. Sometimes the words can be cumbersome, redundant, and maybe the point takes too long to be made. So it depends on, you know, what kind of speech is it and to whom are you speaking, what's your time frame, you know, and, oh, and yeah. what, what's, the, what's the objective of this speech? What, what do you do with people who, who uh, like me, who, who everyone tells me my speech has a style that, that uh, they term annoying? <laughs> you tell me, tell just me more? To stop doing it. Well, if if you're talking about um, a style that's fast-paced or pressurized, or you know, I, I would need to know some more details. But I would say, <laughs> you, you are what, is, what is annoying, right? Yes. Uh, well, I, for I don't some know. people, that's what annoying they keep is me. what's that? <laughs> you're you are you are you handle that diplomatic, right? Yes, yes, you are. Certainly somebody should be on this show. Well, you you know, you have an intense, pressurized delivery style, and I would coach you to uh, give more spaciousness between thoughts so that there's that ability for the audience to process. You know, sometimes you're, because you're from a writing background, you know, there's a lot of words. And I'm moving my clients towards a conversational presentation oh. or speaking. Okay. See, now I'm, I'm, I'm learning something, ladies and gentlemen. You see, if she can, if she can help this house here, surely, surely she can do things with you. Uh, now, I, I, I'm curious about one thing. Is there somebody out there that, uh, in, the, in the public eye, that we, who's doing it right? In other words, whom should we be watching uh, who uses either clever techniques or natural style? Uh, what you got? A, got a couple of good models for us out there? Well, there are a lot of good models. All you have to do is go to the TED.com site and uh, go, you know search around. You're going to find so many different types of speakers, and scientific speakers are a little different than um, philosophical kinds of speakers, and you know entertainers are going to be different than. Um, Others. So I think the, the bottom line to what works is authenticity. And this is like even something I've honed over the 30 years that I've been doing this. What works for one person doesn't, doesn't necessarily Sorry. work for someone else. And all the technique that you can teach doesn't mean much if the person isn't authentic. So there. So I could not emulate uh, President Obama's very high tone of rhetoric if if I was just sort of a more 
down and chatting with the guys kind of person is what you're saying. You could be trained in an actor type way to uh, approach his style. And if you want to integrate that into your own style, it could be effective. But to say, I want to be just like him, you're not cloning yourself. Right, right. Because then you could lose some aspect of who you are. Michelle Obama is um, a strong communicator. Bill Clinton is a strong communicator. Martin Luther King. But none of them really do it the same way. Yeah. Winston Churchill. I recently saw Diane Keaton do a presentation locally, and she was at a podium, and she was a serious and comedic um, orator, uh, selling her book, by the way. And oh, Eileen, I hate effect- to do this. To, I hate to interrupt you. I'm sorry. Tell us briefly how people can get in touch with you. If uh, Just uh, tell our audience, how, if they want a good coach, uh, how can they get in touch with Eileen Sinet? Okay. Eileen Sinet, Speaking That Connects, www.speakingthatconnects.com. Sinet at speakingthatconnects.com is my email, 609-799-1400. Thank you. And Eileen, it's been wonderful to have you here, and I thank you so much. And now as we round out the show, let me leave you with today's business quotation. Who said to a newspaper man, a human being is an item with skin wrapped around it? And as a hint, ladies and gentlemen, this man truly knew how to treat people. Uh, And he had millions of radio listeners to prove it. And finally, let me uh, give you a thought, a parting thought from my wife's husband. Let your devices be speedy, but let your judgments be thoughtful and right. Ladies and gentlemen, it has been, as always, a privilege. I thank you so much. Good afternoon.